We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The names behind the numbers. The stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats Podcast with John Little. Because it's the closest thing you can do to playing other than coaching, I really believe. To capture the energy of the game and the essence of the competition, uh, it's the thing that most similarly duplicates the energy of playing. The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers, the Her Hoop Stats Podcast. Here's your host, John Little. And welcome into the Her Hoop Stats Podcast. I'm your host, John Little. Wait, we already said that. I don't want to repeat myself. I don't want to waste your time. Thank you so much for being here. Great to have you along, as always, as we make it through the end of May almost. Might even be our last show of May, believe it or not. We've had another great one. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, again, our last episode with Bella Allery last Monday incredible such a fun conversation before that we spoke to ty harris and also to satu sabali like i said it's going to be our most listened to show ever and it continues to trend in that direction and uh, is just a few listens away from being the most listened to show ever so please continue to go back peruse not only those but some of our other great shows that we've had uh, along the way here on the her hoop stats podcast and we always appreciate it when you rate and review the podcast especially on apple Podcasts. that uh, always helps this week's show is dedicated to the broadcast game and one of the great broadcasters of the women's game, Ryan Rucco of ESPN and ABC, the voice of the WNBA. And boy, you think about people affected by the work stoppages. It goes not only to the players, it goes to the front office personnel, it goes to 
those that work for teams and count on the paychecks as well, the concessionaires and, you know, a lot of other people that work at the stadiums, but then also the announcers as well. So we get a chance to talk to Ryan Rucco about what he's going through during this time, but he's got some positive things to say about the WNBA season, about its future and about whether we'll get in games or not. We'll talk about some of his favorite WNBA moments to call, and he's had some great game fives along the way, both in conference finals and in championship matchups as well that we'll get into. And also, how did the R2C2 podcast come to be named? Who named that thing? We're talking about it all this week on the Her Hoop Stats podcast with Ryan Rucco. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome, man. Good to talk with you. Uh, happy to do it. I love what you guys do and, and the way you champion uh you know, women's sports. And, and so it's great to get a chance to connect with you. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, of course, you're the voice of the WNBA on ESPN and, and ABC. And part of what you got to do uh, last month, late last month, was be a part of the draft. Um, I talked to uh, Miss Lobo after that uh, uh, whole exciting night. Um, but how did it go from your chair six feet away from her man yeah exactly at least six feet at least at least sorry i think i think we were even no 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 i think we were even more like 10 um it uh it it was great man um you know i think uh first and foremost um it was just good to see rebecca and see sue and see some of the other members of uh you know our crew who we've, you know, I've just missed the human interaction with, you know? Um, Mm. And so, you know, even though there was no hugs and, you know, there was distance kept and there was masks worn um, with the exception of, you know, when we were on air, um, it was just really nice to see uh, each other and, and be able to have that interaction. And then to have a night where you were focusing on, something positive about these women, you know, and, and sports, um, which, you know, we just haven't obviously had a whole lot of during this period of time. And, and this was kind of the, you know, now we're a month removed, but that was the first real event we had had in sports during, uh, you know, the, the COVID era, so to speak, you know, um, and it just felt good to get lost in sport for a night and in an event and in TV and in production in a way that we just hadn't been able to, uh, you know, in those initial weeks after the lockdown. So um, I uh, I had a blast, man. It was so great. And I think, uh, you know, given the constraints that we were dealing with, um, I thought our production team and, and everybody involved in putting on the show just did a great job of making it uh, feel like a legitimate, credible uh, program. Uh, absolutely they did is there anything behind the scenes that you can tell us about that uh, you know you wish would have gone better or you had planned but weren't able to bring it to the forefront because of technical issues or did everything pretty much go how you guys laid it out man everything pretty much went how we laid it out um i think uh one thing that i'm not sure people were were weren't made aware of at some point but kathy engelbert who i thought was terrific that night um and and she's just great in general and i think the league is going to benefit uh for years and years to come um thanks to her leadership and and just her incredible uh intelligence but um her like when she was in the middle of one of her early uh on cameras her like teleprompter kind of like screwed up 
and her daughter on the fly was able to like figure it out, like somehow dragging the iPad uh, and the script over her head, like just like wow. doing it. it. And it was just, it showed you the benefits of like having someone who's like of, you know, a certain generation, right? right. You could just kind of figure that out technologically, but you wouldn't have known anything was going on because Kathy didn't skip a beat. And so her daughter deserves a big, uh, Round of applause for the save there. Um, but other than that, uh, you know, I think everything pretty much went off as planned. We knew at some point one or two of the live interviews uh, would, you know, end up not happening or would be troublesome. And we did have those moments at times, but we had kind of planned ahead of time to say, like, hey, you know, it's our first ever virtual draft. You know, sometimes it's going to happen. Uh, you know, something like this would happen and, and, you know, and we'll, you know, see if we can get back to X player at, at a later point. And, and I have to tell you, just doing draft shows in general, there is, um, you know, an ingrained level of chaos uh, that happens with those shows that exceeds uh, normal studio programs, uh, you know, by a large degree. So for me, it didn't any of that sort of improvisation didn't feel outside the norm for what you get in a draft show. Um, so in general, I think everything kind of went off as planned. And I think it's a credit to our crew who did, um, you know, uh, many um, exhaustive rehearsals um, in order to prepare for that event. And even like just our production calls, we had more of them in advance uh, than we normally would. And, and I just thought they were productive. You know, at no point did they feel like busy work, uh, which, you know, anybody who's, you know, ever been a part of any company knows, like, there are times you're on a call, right? And you're just like, okay, this is inefficient. Well, I can tell you every call we were on felt like a really efficient use of people's time. And I think it uh, it ended up bearing good results. That's outstanding. How, how much do you think it was a test run or was able to be used as a test run uh, for ESPN as – you know, you guys were going into being part of the NFL draft that next week. You know, I, I definitely think there was an element to that. Um, I think, uh, I mean, I don't think that, you know, we were treating it like um, a test run in the sense of like, hey, you know, like. We'll see how this goes. This, this, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this doesn't matter. What matters is next week. You know, yeah. nobody was approaching it like that. Um, but I do think. I mean, I know there was several people from the draft production and from the NFL side of things that were watching our draft closely and uh, and trying to figure out kind of the presentation, what worked, what didn't. Um, and I know they all had very positive reviews. And I don't know if there were certain things that they uh, did differently um, based on what happened with our program. The one thing I wondered about was, you know, they didn't do any interviews in the draft other than um, you know, after the very first pick, they didn't do any interviews, right? Like, so um, I, I wasn't sure if that was a result of like, did they see how long uh, the whole first pick ended up being and say, hey, we need to move this quicker? Uh, or did they kind of see the way that, you know, with us, that was the toughest part technologically and say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to do the first interview, um, with Joe Burrow and then we're you know not going to do any others uh, just because we feel like we need to hear from Burrow but there's no other player we have to hear from but I, I wasn't sure if that was an adjustment for them or if that was their plan all along but I you know we got a lot of good feedback from them I think I'm, I'm sure in some ways it affirmed for them that this could be a high quality production and 
and could also feel like a legitimate event despite um, having to be done, you know, at such distances and, and with such a reliance on technology. Um, and so it was kind of cool to know that, yeah, we first and foremost are just trying to put on a great show for our audience and for these women, uh, but also, uh, you know, we're also providing some comfort and guidance uh, for uh, what the NFL was about to do. Mm. We're visiting with Ryan Rucco, uh, of course, the the voice of the WNBA, but he does so many other things, whether it be hosting, like we're just talking about. He's, uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, been a a sports talk guy, but has this deep love for play-by-play, and he does play-by-play all over the place. Uh, You know, Ryan, how do you know when too much is too much? Or, you know, for you, as far as the, the number of different things that you do, you excel in them, but at the same time, um, it, I'm sure there's got to be some things that we don't know about that you have to say, no, I, I just don't think that that fits right now, or, you know, I yeah. just don't have time to do it. How do you know when to say no to a great opportunity? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I mean, it's a good question, like, because I think when you're first starting, of course, you're saying yes to everything, right? Yes. Um and then at some point, you hope to get a footing that allows you to have some sort of, um, you know, discretion over things you say yes to and things you don't. Um, and you know what? That landscape even changes probably some uh, with what's going on right now, you know, in the way our business is being affected by by COVID, where it's like, hey, in the past, you may have said, um, ah, I'm, I can't do this or I don't think this is the best fit. But now you're going to say, hey, yeah, I want to try it or, you know, I just want to do whatever I can to to be helpful because I happen to be home. Um, But I I think like, you know, I I always love the Pat Riley quote, what's the main thing? Because the main thing has to be the main thing. Um, And as long as my main thing isn't being, uh, you know, taken away from or distracted from um, and I'm able to adequately prepare for whatever assignments I'm given. Um, and they sort of co-align with, you know, the, you know, the valuable piece I want to be for my networks, then I'm going to say yes, you know, and anything else, you know, I'm going to kind of go to, uh, you know, my agent, uh, Matt Kramer at CAA. And I'm going to say, Hey man, like, do you think this is worth it? Do you think it's not, you know, and I've had those opportunities, you know, I, 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 um, I've had opportunities. I could tell you like there was one opportunity I had where I was offered um, to be the voice of a video game, which was so cool to me. Um, And uh, it was a, it was a a nice, nice financial gig too. Um, But it was going to require me uh, to fly uh, to a certain location um, two or three times a month uh, and record for, um, six hours a day within that. And I didn't think that was a smart allocation of my voice, you know, because I, you know, you only have but so many bullets. I go through great lengths to keep my voice healthy. And if all of a sudden I'm exhausting it that way and adding that kind of travel in the midst of an already, you know, exhaustive schedule, am I now taking away from my main things? And is this really helping me grow my career or is this just kind of a cool thing that also helps my wallet? And in this case, I evaluated and my agent agreed 
Um, this was just kind of a cool thing that helped my wallet, but it wasn't uh, something that was going to help grow my career, uh, nor was it going to help me excel at the assignments that were my main thing. So I said no, you know, and that's saying no to a lot of money and something cool, but that's the choice you make. You know, at other times it's like, hey, you know, right now ESPN has a couple different experimental things in the works. And I'm like, hey, I'm down for whatever you guys want, whether it's from home, you want me to go to Bristol, um, you let me know. I'm, I'm, I'm game. I just want to be an asset to the network, you know, because we're all doing our best to try and create content right now at a time where obviously, uh, you know, we don't have the same sort of, um, you know, general stimuli available to us. So uh, I think it just depends on, you know, the moment in time and, and, and you know, whatever opportunity is uh, available to you as far as what your ultimate goals are. What a great response. I appreciate that. And I yeah. appreciate you wasting some of your bullets on us as well today. So that means a lot. <laughs> hey, let me tell you, man, it's a, it's a lot easier to waste those bullets right now that we don't have games. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> a good so, point. But, but, but for you guys, I probably would, uh, would find a, a time to use them regardless. Well, that's very nice of you. Thank you so much. That is really, really interesting. The, the vocal aspect uh, of everything. And I'll try to post along with that. Cause I saw you do that Instagram live for STAA and talked a yeah, lot yeah. about your voice in there as well. That was, that was, that was really cool. So I'll, uh, I'll try to direct people to that, but what is it about the live event that calls to you? Why do you love being there for a game and doing play by play? Because it's the closest thing you can do to playing other than coaching. I really believe, um, to capture the energy of the game and the essence of the competition uh, it's the thing that most similarly duplicates the energy of playing. Um, and, uh, and what it is, is it's, it's like, you know, performance, right? Um, and any of us, uh, you know, anybody can relate to, um, you know, just kind of giving a presentation, right? And, um, and there is a different kind of adrenaline um, and there's a different performance high that comes with presenting right um rather than if you're just preparing in your office or having a normal work day and so uh you know when you have those presentations let's say at work or on a call or whatever it might be you know there there's a there's a certain high uh if you act in plays or if anybody who's listening did in high school college you know grade school whatever you know there's like a certain performance high that comes with that um and uh, that's what I get from play by play. You know, I get the joy of feeling like, you know, I'm part of the fans experience, which is meaningful to me because broadcasters played such a role in my experience as a fan, as a diehard sports fan growing up. And I get the um, the energy and adrenaline of trying to, you know, kind of duplicate the rhythm and the cadence and the energy of the game. Um, and then I get the performance high from it. Um, and then, you know, when you come off a, a triple overtime game or, a, you know, a really meaningful uh, game or a buzzer beater or extra innings or whatever it might be, um, there's a there's this awesome high to it. That's just really hard to duplicate, um, you know, throughout other, you know, sort of events and walks in life. And I just I crave that energy from it. And so I miss that right now. No doubt about it. Uh, there's just nothing like it. What's your favorite? I'm sure you get asked this a lot. What's your favorite WNBA moment you've ever had the the chance to call? You know, there's a lot that uh, stand out. I think my favorite would be 
game five of the semifinals between Seattle and Phoenix in 2018 and Sue Bird just going off at the end of uh, the fourth quarter. That series was such a high level of basketball and you had such incredible storylines. You had probably the two most prominent faces of the league this generation, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi going at it against each other. Um, and, uh, you know, I say that with respect to, you know, players like, so let's say Amaya Moore and all she's accomplished, but, you know, Sue and Diana have just been around substantially longer than Amaya. Um, and so I kind of put them in a different generation. Um, but, uh, and, and just like that Seattle crowd, uh, the drama of Diana having never lost a winner take all game in the WNBA playoffs in her career. Um, and, uh, seeing Sue knowing, you know, she and Seattle had been kind of robbed of that opportunity in game four, thanks to her broken nose, having this chance in game five, being down the whole game, just seeing her go off. Um, it was great. You know, it was also part of the reason, right. Why, um, you know, WNBA, um, uh, changed their, their, their playoff format, you know, was, was adding levels of drama like this where you got a five game series in the semifinals, you know? Um, and, uh, and just seeing her go off in the crowd as the background and feeling like, you know, I felt in a good rhythm as, as she was going through that. That's probably my favorite, um, right up there would be, um, the, uh, game five between LA and Minnesota in 2016, just, you know, the incredible drama of the end of that game. Um, the only thing that takes – I think the reason that's not number one for me um, is the the missed shot clock violation with NECA and me not doing a good enough job being on top of uh, what needed to happen with the officials in that moment. Um, and it ended up being a wonderful learning moment for me that's helped me with learning rules and, and being on top of rules uh, in the subsequent years. But it's the one thing that kind of takes away from my total enjoyment of that game in that moment. Uh, otherwise, that would be up there. And then I would also say um, game five of the 2017 finals between Minnesota and L.A. And just the crowd uh, at the University of Minnesota's, uh, you know, arena where um, uh, uh, where we played that game rather than at Target Center. And it was just so loud. Uh, and I remember just feeling the atmosphere and hearing the place before the tip and looking at Rebecca and just being like, how awesome is this? Um, so those would be my three. Um, but I probably put the Seattle Phoenix game five at the top. Outstanding. And that's, you know, those, those winner take all games, there's nothing better, man. You've got to count yourself fortunate to have been there and, and to have been uh, alongside while those things were happening as well. Those are oh. just amazing career moments. For yeah, sure. man, definitely dude. Like, you know, I mean, one of the coolest parts about what we do, right, is just getting to sit courtside and witness history, you know, um, and to have your calls be part of, you know, the memory for fans or the experience for fans is incredible. And it's just a ridiculous honor. But just the fact that I get to sit there and watch the games courtside is so cool. No doubt. Now, I was so excited and I know everybody else was for what seemed to be just an incredible setup for the WNBA this year coming off of the CBA. Uh, it seemed like everybody was really excited about it. There was going to be more money sponsorship-wise behind the WNBA as well. And then 
you know, coronavirus. And it's impacted everybody, obviously. And it's it's one of the worst things to uh, to ever come through this country. So with all that being said, how disappointing do you think this is for the WNBA right now that they couldn't get started on time because of this force of no control of their own when it seems like such a moment to seize momentum for them? Yeah, I mean... It, it sucks, right? I mean, that's that's the reality of it. It, it sucks for all of us in, in varying ways, right? Like everybody has been um, at best inconvenienced, uh, at worst, uh, you know, obviously has suffered, um, has suffered loss. Uh, and, you know, all of those, uh, you know, different, you know, varying implications of this uh, are really hard to deal with. Uh, varying degrees of difficulty, obviously, uh, the more you know, dire, the circumstances are on a totally different level. But I think from the league perspective, as much as it, it is, you know, sort of a, a blow uh, initially to the excitement about this year. And I agree with you completely in your pretense about, you know, what kind of momentum the league had going into the season. Um, as much as it's initially a blow, I do believe that, you know, the circumstances surrounding sports right now could provide even more of a stage than would have been there when the WNBA does come back. And, you know, we're all starved and we just saw a NASCAR release today, record ratings, right? Highest ratings in three years. Uh, we've seen the ratings for the last dance. You know, we are, you know, people are watching the KBO and, you know, watch German soccer this weekend. You know, we're all starved for sports. And um, I do believe and we saw it with the WNBA draft, too, by the way, you know, uh, sure. with record ratings, you know. So I, I do believe that when the league comes back, and I do think we'll get a season at some point, um, that we will have record eyeballs on it um, and attention. And, uh, and that, at least, makes me feel better about what the league has had to endure because there's a party that's sad for the league, right? Because it's worked so hard and people like you and me, we appreciate how great these women are and how much we love this league, but you know, they've worked so hard to get to this point and they finally have all this momentum um, and boom, they can't play. And it's like, oh, come on. But I do believe when they do play and I think they will. And I also think logistically some of their uh, aspects are more manageable than other sports just because of the number of teams. Um, I do think there's going to be even more of a microscope on them and and more of a consumption of the product. And I think that uh, that will give these women even more of a chance to uh, show their stuff. What do you think about Sabrina and New York City? Uh, you're in the area. Um, is, you know, obviously if we were having a season start, we'd hear even more of the buzz. But it just seems like kind of a match made in heaven for her to go to the the biggest market and try to make a splash there what's your view on it yeah man i i think it's awesome you're right i do i live in manhattan so um i'm in the mix uh and uh new york post you know having her on the back page the day of the draft was pretty amazing you know not just even as a reaction to her being drafted number one by the liberty but um in an anticipatory uh fashion uh, I think, you know, the Liberty have excitement with um, now being owned by a really um, what I think is going to be a terrific ambassador for the WNBA and Joe Sy. I've already been so impressed uh, with his leadership with the Nets, you know, doing Brooklyn Nets games for the Yes Network. I've gotten a front row seat to that. And I think Joe is a huge sports fan and um, creates a great culture in his organizations. And I'm sure he'll do the same for the Liberty. 
and, you know, playing at Barclays Center. You know, um, it's been a shame to see the Liberty have to play at Westchester County Center over the last couple of years and to put them back in an NBA arena, um, to put them in Barclays Center, to have Sabrina playing on the same floor that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant uh, will be playing. I think it's awesome, man. And I, you know, we know winning takes some time with the young stars. It doesn't happen right away. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen that, uh, in Seattle, right? Brianna Stewart, you know, it took a couple of years and then all of a sudden, boom, it popped. And, you know, all of a sudden she's league MVP and finals MVP. And she is exactly the dominant force that we saw in college. But sometimes it takes a little bit for the winning, you know, just like we saw with LeBron, right? Like, you know, um, he wasn't, you know, a force going to the playoffs right away, right? Like the winning, you know, the winning takes a little while, but the excitement's there from day one. And so I think the excitement uh, for the Liberty will be there from day one with Sabrina. The celebrities will be out. And I do think you will see a championship contender within the next few years. Um, and I think that's a great thing for the league. It's amazing how fast things can change, for sure, and uh, I'm excited about that young team. Uh, I live in the Dallas area, so I'm excited about how they young they are. Yeah. But uh, then at the same time, yeah. we've got like six or seven just stacked teams out there that could tend for a title, you know, it, when you even get beyond those those two really young teams. So it's uh, it, whenever we do get it started, and I'll be with you. Let's let's get it. Uh, let's get a season in uh, this year in the WNBA. Whenever that happens, it's going to be a ton of fun. How's the R two C two podcast coming along? Hey, it's good, man. It's good. We um we've been still recording every week during this period of time. I think uh, you know for C and I, it provides a you know a little bit of uh, my co-host CC Sabathia. It provides a little bit of normalcy. You know, which is welcome. Obviously, any little sliver of normalcy we get during this time uh, is energizing and therapeutic. Um, and uh, and it's just been fun. You know, it's been easier in some ways to get certain guests on because, you know, everybody obviously is at home without their normal travel and work schedule. And excuses. And, uh, yeah, no built-in yeah, exactly. excuses. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot harder to have those built-in excuses. So it's been fun, man. Uh, you know, right now, as I'm sure you've seen like podcasts by and large have taken a huge hit in download numbers because uh you know people aren't driving um and so uh or you know going to gyms and and those are two obviously big places where podcasts are consumed but our numbers have maintained so that is a big win um and more importantly than that we just love being able to connect on a daily basis and have, I mean, on a weekly basis and have these interesting conversations and provide the audience with a little entertainment in a time where we all can use some. So, um, it's been good, man. We've been, uh, we've been really happy, uh, with, uh, with being able to continue to record and, you know, we'll keep doing it. Um, and CC's retired now, so he's even more invested in as much as he already was. Outstanding. Well, uh, go make sure you go find it, the R2C2 podcast with uh, Ryan Rucco and CC Sabathia, and I'm glad you get top billing there with the, uh, with the R2, <laughs> thankfully. You know what's funny You know what's funny about that, man, is like we were trying to come up with names for the podcast, and we had kind of like group chats with our family and friends and stuff trying to come up with something. And my dad, we hadn't come up with anything great, and my dad um, texted me and he said, R2C2. And I was like, oh. Because we were trying to come up with something that maybe combined like Star Wars or Game of Thrones with baseball and whatever and our common interest. And I, I text CeCe and I said, hey, my dad came up with a good one. The only thing is I really believe your name should be first. 
Um, so I don't know if it works. And he's like, well, just tell me what it is. And so I text him R2C2. And CC goes, that's it. That's the winner, cuz. That's it. And I say, yeah, but, you know, I still think your name should be first. And he's like, no, 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 no. That's it. That's the winner, man. That's the one it needs to be. Uh, so to his credit, he didn't mind the R being first because uh, he knew it was a really sweet name. It is a really sweet name. And it shows what a good dude he is. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. exactly. A really good teammate, man. A really good teammate. That's awesome. Well, we'll, we'll be giving it spins, whether or not coronavirus is the case. And I just really appreciate your time, Ryan, and uh, giving us some of your thoughts during this uh, interesting time for this world. But uh, thanks for being there for women's basketball. It's very much appreciated. Hey, you're so welcome. Thank you for all you do. Uh, and uh, and Aaron does for, uh, you know, for women's sports and women's basketball. You and I both know it's, um, you know, it's an amazing sport. And these women are so damn good at what they do. So uh, all of us need to stick together and, and make sure the world knows. And I love what you guys are doing. Absolutely. Thanks again, Ryan. You take care. You take care, man. Be well. What a cool guy. I just love getting a chance to talk to people that are so personable like that. Ryan Rucco here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Thanks so much for his time and just bringing some positivity to this whole situation as we continue to move through this time. I've been giving a lot of thought lately to just doing whatever we can to not waste this time. I know that I see a lot of negativity out there. I get way too like embedded in Twitter. I don't know about you, but I just get way too embedded in Twitter and you know, some of it's satire, but some of it's serious. People are upset that 2020 has not gone the way that we wanted it to. And certainly there has been loss of life. There has been loss of income. But the point I'm getting to is no matter what we've gone through, we've got to keep just pushing forward and we've got to make the best out of this time that we possibly can. Does it stink that we're still socially distancing and we will for a while? Does it stink that we don't have sports to cheer for like we want it? Absolutely. But find the things in your life that you're thankful for. Find things that you love doing like, hey, if listening to this podcast is one, thank you so much for that. But whatever it is for you, I encourage you, go out, immerse yourself in it, be a better person on the other side of COVID-19. A reminder to rate and review the podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out so much as we show up higher and higher when people search WNBA or women's college basketball. That's kind of my goal is to make sure that people find us when they search one of those two topics. Also, you can reach out to us by email at podcast at herhoopstats.com, podcast at herhoopstats.com. If you've got an idea for a guest or some feedback on the show, we would love to hear it, and we'll certainly pass it along to the listeners as well. The executive producer of the Her Hoop Stats podcast is Aaron Barzilai. Our music by Jared Deck, jareddeckmusic.com, and Susie Solis is our announcer. I'm your host, John Little, reminding you at the Her Hoop Stats podcast, we're unlocking better insight about the women's game. Her Hoop Stats. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.